Welcome back to Brain Blaze, a weekly podcast about epilepsy, by people with epilepsy, for people with epilepsy, and our carers. I'm your host, David Clifford. In this episode, I'll give an update regarding the current state of Brain Blaze and reluctantly open up to ask for your help. If you're new to Brain Blaze, I just want to state that I'm not a medical expert. I'm just someone that has struggled with the ins and outs of epilepsy for almost three decades. I have a secret that needs to be revealed. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. All of Brainablaze, the podcast, the emails, the 50 or so tweets a day, our website, and even our store is just all me. Who are you? No, I'm afraid it's true. There's no other wizard except me. You humbug! Yes, it's exactly so. I'm a humbug. Oh, you're a very bad man. Oh, no, my dear. I'm a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Of course I have support. Joe McKenzie, or Goldilocks as we lovingly refer to her, writes a fantastic weekly blog. A blog, if I was forced to write, would crush me. There have been different guests on our show. Trevor Harris and Peter Merrick come immediately to mind. I use the word we in our tweets and web presence, but it really is one person. I had the plan, of course, to make this adventure more than just me, but it fell through rather quickly. I realize now that if I'm going to keep Brain Ablaze afloat, I'm going to need your help. Though I had already been advocating epilepsy awareness for more than 20 years, my advocacy ratcheted up after brain surgery in 2017. During my recovery, my doctors at Stanford University Medical School asked me to present to the incoming class of students my quarter-century experience with intractable epilepsy. Each time I gave the presentation, the medical school had a three-fold increase in the number of students entering the neurology track. After a couple of these sessions, I thought to myself, I wonder if I recorded my presentation. Would it be useful to other medical schools? The idea for Brain Ablaze and the podcast to which you are currently listening was born. If you would have asked me around Christmas time 2019 what I wanted Brain Ablaze to be by now, I would have given this answer. It should be a collective of about seven people with epilepsy providing awareness and support to anyone having seizures. The hope was to create a collective of volunteers, each having epilepsy, that could offer stories from their own experiences to guide others. My plan was to create a team that collectively had the skill set to break epilepsy awareness into the mainstream. I felt then, as I still do today, that there's a market need for patient advocacy for epilepsy. This is no better apparent in the documentation that medical professionals provide to patients new to epilepsy. Books, pamphlets, and websites do an absolutely great job of covering the science, They hardly provide practical knowledge of how one can adapt to an epilepsy diagnosis. It's like teaching a new driver how to drive by tossing them their car's user manual. Useful, yes. I mean, everybody needs to be shown how to turn on the car. But sooner or later, the driver is going to wonder more than just, Hey, what do these pedals do? Brainablaze wouldn't stop with just the support of our community. The Brainablaze team would collectively find the zeitgeist of the epilepsy community and explain it to the outside world. I knew it was going to take hard work to find motivated graphic artists, social media experts, podcast producers, writers, and of course, the media experts willing to volunteer their time to raise epilepsy awareness. On the other hand, hard work has never scared me. After all, I had been co-creating companies in the tech industry for years doing something similar. I just had to jigger what I was doing to apply it to epilepsy awareness, right? It's truly hard to convince people with just a futuristic vision. It is a rare talent that only few have. If I was going to get Brain Blaze off the ground, I had to show what could be done in the present rather than what could possibly be accomplished in the future. 
Last year, I experienced the first stress-free time in my life, so writing the scripts for the first eight episodes of the Brain and Blaze Epilepsy podcast was surprisingly easy. A year earlier, at 43 years old, I had retired from the high stress and long hours of the technology industry. My recovery from neurosurgery was ending beautifully. Even most of the news on the TV didn't trust me out. The worst thing back then seemed to be the nasty details about a royal family fighting off an American succubus ready to take control. Over coffee at a nearby shop, I had plenty of time to plan what I was going to say during those first episodes. Used to writing software engineering specifications and technical emails, I had never written anything about my own experiences before. Certainly, nothing like a podcast script. I found it was just a matter of writing my own knowledge and experience. There was a small matter of trying to make epilepsy, a misunderstood condition that most people found boring or tragic, as entertaining as possible. I wanted people to listen. I wasn't running an annex class, after all. The three cardinal trapezoidal formations here to made orientable in our diagram by connecting the various points H-I-G-K, P-E-G-Q, and L-M-N-O, creating our geometric configurations which have no properties but with location. I founded Brain Blaze on January 1st, 2020 as a New Year's resolution to finally get those first episodes released to the world. I quickly realized that though writing the first episodes may have been easy, Actually producing them exploded the difficulty to a whole new level. I threw myself into the deep end. Some of you may already know that I've started the process of uploading some of the archived episodes to YouTube. I now realize just how raw those episodes were. I can't breathe in this thing! I'm quite embarrassed to see just how bad my breathing affected those first few episodes. And what about that slight stutter I've been hiding? You know, the stutter that seems to be only apparent when I sit down in front of the microphone? Yeah, sorry, clown. I enjoy your hijinks, but I re really mustn't carry longer. Oh, no. I still don't think I'm good enough to call myself a podcaster, per se. I'm just still trying to advocate with the tools I have at my disposal. Podcasting was just the start of it, of course. Without a graphic artist, I was forced to roll up my sleeves and learn. Have you ever seen an engineer try to do graphics? It's like a caveman contemplating fire. He knows he needs it, but has no idea how to create it. I've only been able to get by on raw applied effort rather than talent. I'm an introvert. I'll admit it. I enjoy the time with my family at home or small vacations, but I never wish to document my life. So when forced trying to build a community on Twitter, I started from scratch. Sure, before I retired, I worked at Twitter. I mean, I was a software engineer. I wrote software that allows you to mute conversations, keywords, and accounts. I mean, you're welcome. But never did I think I'd be trying to explain the details of neurological components in messages of 280 characters or less. There are many things that affect every adventure. If there's one thing that has killed my dream, well, for the time being at least. COVID-19 cases surge here in the U.S. All six counties in the San Francisco Bay Area will be ordered to shelter in place. The new guidelines are set to be issued this afternoon. The order will last for two weeks and could be extended for a third week. That clip has aged just as well as members-only jackets or blockbuster video. I can't believe that anyone thought that the pandemic was going to be something that lasted two weeks. All of a sudden, the doctors with whom I had formed loose partnerships were thrown into the chaos of fighting a global pandemic. Any interviews I had scheduled for the podcast quickly fell to the ground, as reports showed that the infection rate of COVID-19 was far more serious than the flu. While other countries jumped into action actively preventing the surge of COVID-19, my country settled into denial as if it was lounging on a comfy leather couch watching a televised game of golf. Interesting, yes, 
but a game that would never really affect any of our lives. Suddenly, while every real doctor was put at risk, any idiot with a platform was treated as a doctor. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs, so it'd be interesting. That's right, that. I said idiot. Because who in their right mind on a national broadcast would suggest people injecting a disinfection? The economy collapsed because people, understandably fearful of catching COVID-19, didn't have a true leader in place to settle their fears. Our world became a game of hungry, hungry hippo with toilet paper rolls as marbles. Who would be able to differentiate Brain Ablaze from the plethora of other snake oil sites that sprouted? How could I possibly ask people to volunteer their time when people were pushed into a global depression? struggling to keep food on the table and roofs over their heads. This pandemic has affected everybody, and I was no different. Because my wife works in the finance industry, she has been deemed essential. She works when the financial markets are open. Pre-pandemic, our four-year-old daughter attended daycare for a good portion of the day. What were we supposed to do? I mean, who would really want me, a guy who days ago tried to warm up a foil-wrapped stick of butter into the microwave, as a primary caregiver to their child? Unfortunately for her, that is the role I'm currently playing during the day. Between the games of My Little Pony, Imaginary Tea Parties, and Disney Plus Marathons, I've tried to keep the Brain and Blaze Twitter community afloat. At night, I keep Brain and Blaze going by writing, producing, and recording new episodes for the podcast, working on store items, editing content, and creating graphics for our web and Twitter. People have asked me, If you're taking care of your daughter during the day, and you're working on your podcast during the night, when do you sleep? Well, here's my weekday schedule. At 7 a.m., I wake up and I make breakfast for my daughter. 8 a.m. through 12 p.m., my wife is working. At 12, we have a half an hour for lunch. I take a nap for about an hour and a half until 2. And then from 2 to 5, my wife is working again. We have about an hour of family time. And then we eat dinner at 6 o'clock. By 7 p.m., I'm exhausted. And I sleep until 11 p.m. And then 11 to 4 a.m., I work on Brain to Blaze. And then I usually go back to sleep from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m and start the whole thing over again. During the weekend, my wife takes over so I can have a full two days to do whatever it takes to get the podcast released on Thursday morning. Under the schedule, it is remarkable that I haven't missed or even pushed out any release dates for the episodes until last week when... Now at 11, we have breaking news. The Bay Area burning as hundreds of wildfires rage. Cal Fire warns all of us, be prepared to leave at a moment's notice. And tonight... We are live on the front lines with the new evacuations that are underway and the efforts to save homes and our bad air, the worst in the world right now. I've been able to release a new episode of which I'm proud each and every Thursday morning. I'm sure there's a lot of you that think I'm crazy. Hell, there's plenty of times where I agree with you. However, my daughter, supporting my wife, and keeping Brain and Blaze going are all very important to me. The latter is so important because all the people with epilepsy I've met over the last 10 months, the advocates that are trying to raise epilepsy awareness, the patients that are trying to learn more about their condition, the doctors that are willing to help, though it means time away from their own families, Joe, all of you inspire me to keep going. Even though I don't want to admit it, I need help keeping Brain and Blaze going. This is where you come in. How can you help Brain and Blaze and me? I'd like to say this is a matter of more people liking or retweeting our tweets, writing reviews for our podcast sharing content with your friends and family, or even wearing our merchandise to the grocery store. Unfortunately, the help I need goes much deeper than that. 
I need help with work behind the scenes. I need help from real graphic designers willing to donate their time to create professional-looking merchandise so we can raise funds for epilepsy research. And if you're willing to come on over and help produce the show, I would love to hear from you. If you love making and editing videos, our podcast archives needs love before we upload the episodes to YouTube. There's nothing worse than a video that presents a flat single screenshot while audio plays underneath it. If you're a web developer willing to spend a couple weeks work optimizing our WordPress site, I need you. Even if you feel that you don't have anything to contribute, I need help understanding more about our collective fight against epilepsy. What are the problems we face on a daily basis? What type of support do we all need? And what type of information would you like the world outside of the epilepsy community to know about what we are going through? Oh, and one more thing. I need you to vote this November. We would love to hear any of your comments or questions regarding this or any of our other episodes. You can reach out to us via email at socialbrainablaze.com or Twitter at Brainablaze. If you like these episodes, consider subscribing or even helping us providing a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your content. One small click really does help. See you next time.